Welcome to the SaaS Sad Lab podcast. We're bringing you the stories of SaaS founders, entrepreneurs, and CEOs. My name is Luis. I'm the owner and founder of Fancy Agency, a digital marketing agency specializing in scaling mid to late stage SaaS startups. And today we have the pleasure of interviewing Josh. He's a product marketer over at GIST. And uh, first of all, thank you so much, Josh, for being on here. It's a pleasure having you. And I'm looking forward to just learning a lot about, you know, what it is that you're doing behind the scenes over at GIST. And uh, before I let you introduce yourself, I also want to mention that they're currently running a 21-day free trial that rolls into a freemium version of product. So if you want to like try it out, check out the features or anything like that, make sure that you go to the website and just start your free trial and you will be able to do that. And uh, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself, Josh? Yeah, um, first, thanks uh, so much for having me. I'm very uh, thankful to be here. Uh, yeah, I'm the product marketer at uh, GIST. Uh, before that, I was the content marketer, but we realized with uh, a product-led um, company like GIST is, uh, the product marketing role is a, a little bit better of a fit um, in terms of getting, you know, success for our current users uh, right. to use the product more and more. Uh, before that, I was a freelancer uh, for content and content marketing for, for years. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually worked um, in the tech and marketing space mainly. And then uh, I was actually offered a position by one of my clients uh, to work that's with awesome. GIST. And yeah, that's, uh, that's where I started. That's sweet. So what, you know, just before we get started on really like the conversation on growth and things like that, what's one of the things that you believe is most important when it comes to content, uh, specifically for SaaS companies? Um, definitely useful. I mean, I know that's like a, a word everybody throws around, make sure that it's useful content. Um, it's very easy to pick a topic based on a keyword because it's easy to rank for that keyword and then go regurgitate the top you know, five to 10 best articles on that subject and just try to tweak it a little bit to where yours looks better or sounds better instead of actually doing the work and, and uh, creating your own research and actually creating something that uh, is valuable to the community and your users. Do you find that, and this is actually good, right? Because I feel like that's what a lot of people do. And then you have like big, massive companies that have big content teams behind, like doing all the research and all those things. Right. So like, for example, let's say you do a, you know, an email marketing kind of, you know, search around uh, just email marketing on Google and you get like, obviously like your top five, um, you know, like articles or blog posts are going to be from HubSpot, just talking right. about email marketing. So like, I guess, how do you find like new ways to come up with content when there is literally so much on there that you can just take and kind of tweak your own way. Yeah, it's, I think uh, we've been experimenting a lot with collaborations and I think that's super important with um, so many tools out there that have their own audience. Um, If you use their tool um, to receive any sort of success or growth and then you can write a blog post about it, you can get on a podcast or a webinar about it. And then that would uh, get the distribution of of your, your content that that sort of circumvents the search engines. And it, and it really reaches the heart of who you're trying to get. So in, in with GIST, we're trying to reach out to marketers. That's, that's who we want to get to. So, um, if we partner with, you know, another tool and I use their tool, which we've actually got a couple of those in the works, um, and then you can get in front of their audience. They can get in front of yours and it's really mutually beneficial and you have fresh content mm-hmm. as well. That's really cool. Now what's been, and let's actually talk a little bit more about like the beginning of, you know, gist. And we, I know we talked a bit, like briefly about this right before the right. podcast, but essentially like what's kind of like the story right behind this, because I, I, I feel personally that there's a lot of really similar companies that are providing like a very similar, you know, product where it's just email marketing automation 
uh, and things like that. So first of all, what is the key differentiator between, you know, say GIST and all the others out there? And I don't want to mention them just because, you know, uh, I have you on here, but like, what, what's the key differentiator between you and them? And then like, what's a little bit of, of some of the things that have been happening recently with GIST? Yeah. So GIST is, um, an all-in-one tool that kind of encompasses uh, the entire buyer journey from the point where they visit your website from maybe the very first time uh, to become a lead um, and then a qualified lead. And then even a customer, you can uh, support them with uh, just uh, as well with our live chat tool and our knowledge base uh, creator. So, and that was the idea at first to create a seamless experience um, from visitor to customer, but also a seamless experience for our users. Uh, instead of having to integrate, say, your meeting scheduler tool with your live chat in order for them to work together, we just wanted all that in one dashboard, one screen that you can see it all work together. And uh, that's where ConvertFox, which was the old name of GIST, was born. Uh, they did an AppSumo and it kind of exploded the growth to. Uh, you know, over 10,000 users. And then um, about November, December last year, we decided that a rebrand was necessary because we've, we've changed the entire look of the product. We've added several different new tools to it. Uh, so we rebranded to uh, GIST uh, to create that sort of all-in-one seamless experience. Mm -hmm. Very cool. And is there a reason for the name GIST? Uh, yeah. Um, so the term, like, you, you know, you just want the gist of it. And, you know, when you're setting up a marketing stack, there's so many different, you know, we were talking about content a little bit, and uh, there's so many different posts about how to set up the right marketing stack, you know, how to choose the best this tool and that tool. And what we really, you know, kind of discovered is a lot of those tools are more peripheral, like a meeting scheduler tool or a knowledge base tool. And they, they center around the hubs of like how you communicate. So it'd be live chat and email marketing would be the two big communicators. Uh -huh. And then all the other things are kind of peripheral tools that you have to spend so much time to understand and get to know and get them to work together. But we just give you the gist of it. You uh -huh. get the two big pillars and then you bring everything else in and it works together very, very easily. That's awesome. What are some of the biggest takeaways from, and I know you mentioned earlier before the podcast started too, that you launched on Product Hunt recently. What were some of the biggest takeaways from doing that launch for anyone that is listening and maybe they're thinking of launching on Product Hunt recently? Um, or they have thought about it before, but they're, they feel like they're missing, you know, like some of the key components that are needed to successfully launch. Uh, definitely uh, patience um, <laughs> because you want to launch, right? And right. Uh, there's, there's a lot of, uh, you know, just ship it type mentality in a lot of places, the minimum viable product. Um, but it was good for us to wait until we had the website looking uh, very top notch. We had the product looking great and we had some onboarding set up. Uh, like a deeper onboarding and we can, we can go into that as well. And uh, we actually use just at gist, which is, uh, you know, something that um, I'm really excited about. Um, but yeah, definitely the patience. Cause when we launched, we actually were hunted by the number one hunter on product hunt. So it was a, it was a lot of def decent exposure. Uh, I think th there's dozens of reviews on there, almost overwhelmingly positive about, and because that patience came in when we didn't just introduce the features and then launch we introduced the features and we communicated those to our users. We have a, a closed Facebook group for users with about 2000 strong right now. Wow. And uh, we communicated that with them. We worked out, you know, several issues. Uh, we added, you know, features to new tools and things like that before we were, we, we felt like we were ready to actually launch and we, we then we did. 
That's awesome. That's great insight. Now, and you mentioned something very important that I think are, it's, it's currently and, and will be for, I don't know, I honestly don't know for how long, but Facebook groups, right? Like extremely, like, you know, it's important when you see Facebook pushing it so much, like you see ads from Facebook with like communities and like all these things, right? Like, br like bring people together that are like you and so on. Um, what are some of the best things that have come from Facebook groups specifically? There's, there's a lot. I, I've been, it's one of my big focuses because yeah, I was watching Hulu the other day and mm -hmm. sure enough, the commercial was Facebook groups, right? Yeah. Um, the, the first one that we learned was it's um, very honest uh, feedback. Uh, we had a lot of users who were like, Hey, why are you adding all these new features when this is still a big glaring uh, problem? So we got that fixed. Um, and it was, it kind of showed us our blind spots. That's one of the big, big things about Facebook groups is it's closed. So it's not like a big, you know, somebody's talking about you on Twitter and the whole world sees it. It's, it's within a group of community who already use you. Um, and the second thing is distribution. I do a Facebook live video just for the group every Friday. And those, those videos get three to four or 500 views easy each. And you know, what kind of a blog post, unless you, you know, you are that HubSpot um, gets that kind of, you know, people watching the whole video to see something about your product. It's not a, you know, we're not just talking about marketing or I'm showing them inside just how to use it better. And we're, you know, we're reaching three to 500 people. Which, which works, right? Like it, it, like there's so much advantages I think to Facebook groups. And, and I see this from like, having our own Facebook group, right? SAS ad lab group where you're able to provide value. But on top of that, you're able to like hear like the types of conversations that are happening inside that essentially it's like a, it's like a feedback loop, right? Like you get like all these people talking about your product, especially when you have a, a bigger group, right? like we only have like 300 users, but when you're talking 2000 or anything over that, like there's conversations going on inside that you can take a look at from a I guess like a third person point of view, right? Like you're not actually taking place in there, but you're taking note of whatever's happening. So you're able to, for example, like you said, like if you're making videos every Friday and you're seeing that there's a, a there's, you know, a misunderstanding on like maybe like some, some, one of the product features on how to use it properly, then you can immediately like put that into your calendar and, and say, I'm going to create a video this Friday to pinpoint that specific problem that I saw one of my users you know, experiencing. So it helps you with retention overall. Yeah. That's, that's what, um, as the product marketer, my, my job is less on the front end, like brand awareness and driving new trials, but it's more on mm -hmm. the end of getting people into their free product, feeling it, you know, out, getting used to it, using it to get success and then eventually becoming a paid customer because it's worth it. Totally. Uh, so, and the Facebook group is the, that's, that's where i you know, can find the most uh, value in that job is, is finding those users who are mostly free, feeling it out and then getting them to use it. Totally. And I feel like there's also like a lot of different ways where you can leverage all that data. Um, and I'm not going to get into it here. If you want, we can talk about it later, but there's, there's ways where you essentially you can, you can use, right? Like your audience, especially like, again, if you have like a fairly large audience, you can use that to find more people like them. Uh, which is pretty cool. And, and it, that dives more into a little bit into like paid advertising and things like that. But now with that being said, what are some of the best, you know, um, acquisition channels for you, whether that be organic or paid uh, or maybe like partnerships with other companies and so on? Yeah, actually I have a, a use, a quick use case about the Facebook group uh, uh -huh. being used as one of those acquisition channels. Um, 
so early on, they weren't really, I mean, they were sharing certain things in the Facebook group, but uh, I wrote a blog post about our Facebook integration. So you, you can, your Facebook messenger messages go directly into our Just Conversations tab. And I wrote a big blog post about it, showing how to get it set up and, and everything. And then I, we shared that blog post in the community first, uh, before we did any sort of other promotion with it. And it, um, out of 2,000 people in the group, it, it received about 150 shares. Wow. Um, which yeah, that's going to their network, not not right. users of just, but their their friends who are also probably marketers and, and things totally. like that. So, uh, and that was just a, a quick 400, 500 word update of how to integrate with with uh, Facebook. So that's it's awesome. a really, it's a really active community. Definitely, yeah, and, and and it definitely takes work to get them up there. Right? Like what you get, like, and I know you know this because you're. I, I think you're managing the Facebook group, like moderating and stuff like that. So like, it definitely like it's not as easy as it seems to like get everyone to start talking and all those things. But once you do, it's just like a compounding effect where it just starts happening on its own. And then you can just sit back and watch everything happen, which is pretty cool. Um, One of the questions I had for you, and and this, I guess, comes back into, you know, the fact that these people shared on their personal timelines or with their networks and so on. Who is your target audience for GIST? It's definitely marketers uh, and small business owners at this point. Uh, so marketers would be the more medium to large size businesses that have dedicated marketers and then uh, small businesses. And then I guess I would, I would classify them uh, in a third category. It would be agencies uh, because they can use it for themselves and their customers. And how we uh, divvy that up is actually we've, we've pretty much put everybody into one of seven verticals. So we have a software SaaS vertical for the software and SaaS businesses. And then we have consumer services. So something like gyms and salons. Uh, business services, these would be like um, IT professionals, things like that. Agencies get their own because there, there are so many of them. Yeah. And then, um, you know, like home services, plumbers, uh, electricians, and uh, there are seven publishers like bloggers and authors. Cool. Seven different verticals. And when they come in, part of the onboarding is to separate from those so we can better tailor content. We have guides for specifically how to use GIST based on your vertical. That's awesome. That's really cool. How do you, how do you I guess, manage that when it comes down to like content right like does it all live under the same section and i'm asking this because i'm looking at the website right now and and i actually didn't take a look at this beforehand but essentially like would you post the same in the same spot all the content for say like home services right like so like your plumbers and and, and those things as you would for like SaaS companies because i almost feel like you know like i guess like mixing that could somehow like send not a wrong message but just like like this company isn't necessarily like focused on my industry specifically. Well, and right now it does all live at the blog and you could probably, you could probably see that. Mm -hmm. And as we get more concentrated on that front end growth, like organic search um, and things like that, separating the blog into those sort of, you know, categories and subsets would be beneficial. Um, But right now the content that I have specifically for say SAS, it lives in our onboarding. So if someone signs up and they say they're a SAS, we actually use our email saying, Hey, check out this guide specifically for software. Okay. Got and it. And then it's like, Hey, check out this, how to, how to better, you know, use live chat on your software website, that kind of stuff. So on the website, everything lives together. But when you're actually sending out the content, you are pre tagging them before they get anything so that whatever they get is relevant to them. Yeah. It's, it's all deeply, deeply segmented. That's awesome. Uh, what are some of the challenges that have come from rebranding just um, early on, definitely the communication. Like I said, that harsh um, feedback that you can get in a Facebook group. 
it's essentially we changed to gist and it was just one day we were convert box and the next day we were gist <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and the email went out but you know the email i think went out uh, um you know the email first maybe like two or three emails uh, beforehand probably would have been a little bit uh and since then we've worked hard uh, part of me switching from content marketing to product marketing is, is part of that communication uh between the dev team the support team and uh the users uh -huh. got it so definitely yeah, i've definitely like rebranding you know like it's hard to do like it's not it's not easy to pretty much just be a completely different you know company overnight so i i definitely understand that um just you know on a side note on that i don't know if you're familiar with cpc strategy they're like a you know i think they're a website or some sort of content but they rebranded recently i think it's called intuity or something like that the name is kind of confusing so i think like an important thing of rebranding is making sure that you're making sure that that name is actually easier than whatever you rebranded from because uh -huh. that like even if it's something as simple as you know like me not being able to pronounce your name uh, that might be an issue um but i think you guys probably did the right thing, you know, uh, going from ConvertFox to GIST, making it super simple. Uh, and I like the fact that it's, you know, like the GIST of whatever, uh, which is cool. Um, as far as, you know, the power users, right? You, you have a lot of different verticals, a lot of different segments. Which one is like the one that you're constantly trying to go after? Well, right now we're deeply experimenting. Uh, if you look at our footer, uh, there's the each vertical uh, on our on our homepage. We have the vertical use cases, and then we also have um, comparisons. So you know we have a comparison with all the the other tools uh, that you know we compete with, and uh, we've we've put a lot of time and effort in those comparison pages, and a lot of time and effort into building those funnels for the verticals. Um, but right now, most of our signups are from the SaaS and marketing agencies. Those would be the two biggest um, uh, incoming trials uh, since we've implemented the, the vertical onboarding. Um, as far as our power users, it is a lot of uh, publishers and agencies. Uh, okay. We have a lot of people who are just, you know, they're, they're kind of SaaS junkies. They really love using new products. Like, like I know I am, you, you may be as well, but yeah. they, love, they love testing new products. So we had a lot of those and uh, a lot of people were waiting to see what GIST was gonna become. And now we're having a lot more people hop on, which is really exciting. That's awesome. And uh, I know you mentioned Facebook, the Facebook group being a, a, a you know a good acquisition channel. Aside from that, uh, is, is it search, right? Is it content? Is it you know like Quora or any specific social network aside from from the Facebook group? Well, it's actually a strategy that I, I've not seen too many people talk about, and I'm I'm hopefully working on a, a guest post for uh, for what we did. We actually acquired. A medium publication. We we acquired the the largest, I think, uh, marketing and growth uh, medium publication, and uh, we use that. We throw one redirected the, the the top content that fit our brand and fit our messaging onto our site, and our our web traffic ten x. Um, yeah, it's it's that that's been one of the biggest front end growth strategies as far as driving traffic. So we we basically bought, uh, and we still have the publication. We're we're currently. Um, now we're putting fresh content on our site and we're putting it on a medium publication, but that was, uh, one of the biggest drivers of our organic, uh, mm -hmm. search traffic. That's pretty cool. What's one of the things that GIST is currently working on, uh, whether it be like product or maybe like a big content piece, um, you know, or anything else. Um, well, there's a couple, um, 
the biggest one that I think we're excited about is I'm doing a lot more video. So uh, just, you know, our big kind of message is just as more than just live chat, just as more than just email. Mm -hmm. uh, the big drivers uh, are live chat and email. Those are the reasons people come to us, but we quickly want, to pe want people to realize there's more there. Uh, so I've created some short feature videos that are going to go on those feature pages. And then I'm going to create longer content, both written and video. Uh, so if someone goes to our live chat page, they'll see our short nine, you know, 60 to 90 second feature video, which I just finished. And then uh, they'll leave a lot of 99% of them aren't going to sign up for a trial that day, but we can retarget on Facebook and then show them the longer form content. So if they're interested in learning more, um, that, that's our big, that we're trying to get set up now is the retargeting uh, from the people visiting your feature page and then saying, oh, that's nice. I'll come back later, maybe. And then retarget them for a longer form, a longer version of what just is to educate them slowly. Are you, are you guys spending money on any other platforms or advertising? We actually just wrapped up uh, Google AdWords, uh, a, a decent sized campaign. Uh, we were, you know, it, it, it was hard to get it honed in because that is kind of like, you know, bottom funnel people ready to buy. Uh, we, we think that it will have an effect obviously on our branding, you know, people understanding that, you know, people are like, Oh, I've never heard of you. And then you say convert Fox. You're like, Oh yeah, I've heard, I've heard of convert Fox. And, uh, so oh, we're trying to get, you were, you're using AdWords as a rebranding, uh, strategy also then. Well, we were trying to drive traffic to the feature pages, uh, live chat and email. And uh, we've actually just recently turned, turned those off. Um, and then we're hoping that there was some branding, you know, seeing just and with live chat and with email marketing would be, you know, some effect down the road, but we've, we've recently just turned that off and now we're looking into more ad channels. Like I, like I mentioned, Facebook. Interesting. So that's actually, that's pretty, cause how long, how long had uh, ConvertFox been around for? Um, ConvertFox had been around, I think, for a, li a little over a year before Gist. So there's like, do you think there's any, you know, traffic from, like, are you guys, how are you leveraging the fact that maybe some people still, you know, know you as ConvertFox? Yeah, actually, um, one of the top performing blog posts isn't about any sort of marketing topic. It's actually getgist.com slash rebranding process. Okay. And that is where we get most of our trials on, as far as content goes. Uh, that's where we get most of our trials from is that one rebranding piece because people used ConvertFox and they were like, okay, it has potential maybe, maybe down the road. And then they go to the rebranding piece, they see what we've done and then they see the name and then they sign up for a, for a trial. So these people are looking for articles on how to rebrand essentially? Um, they very actually, you know what? I don't, I haven't done the research. Maybe we are ranking for rebranding process, but that actually that post ranks high for convert Fox itself. Okay. Yeah. So the branding that we had for convert Fox, somebody sees that and then they see rebranding pro process convert Fox is now gist, and then they click on that. And then almost, I mean, it's, it, it drives a decent amount of trials each month. It's awesome. Cause I was going to say, if you have that, like the fact that you have that article and it's ranking for that is great because I was going to say, you know, is it, if the, if you're getting search traffic or if there is search traffic for ConvertFox, you could have a very simple, you know, AdWords search campaign ranking for ConvertFox and just get all those people and like tell them like we used to be ConvertFox, blah, 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 et cetera. But then you also mentioned that you had the like, you know, like the comparison pages with all the other tools. So like you can do some really cool things with that too, with a competitor campaign. Essentially, we've done that for our clients before is, you know, if you have the pages that are already showing the like, the comparison, you can bid on those keywords, like, you know, whatever the competitor is and have that landing page show up. 
and then like oh well like this is a good alternative for it and and the thing is because you have the keywords of the competitors inside like you'll actually get some good quality scores because when you do that and you just send them to your landing page that doesn't have the name of the competitor or anything like that like you can still do it but you don't get as much traction with it or you you will be limited right because you won't be able to like have the quality score that it needs to actually place on the first page or, or whatever it may be. But it's, it's some really cool things that you can do with that. That's like, I wrote that down. I wasn't not paying attention. I was actually writing that down. Uh, <laughs> so um, yeah, that's a, that's a great, I'm going to share that with, uh, yeah, with Justin. Good. especially if you, if you built out um, like a specific landing page for that. Right. So like the thing is like landing pages are good because they just focus on one specific thing that probably being for most SaaS companies, like start a trial, uh, you know, give us your information, your email, whatever it may be, or like sign up for free. But if you built that out, that it's not, you know, connected to the main page with all the menus, because that just, that's just distraction essentially, right? right? Like if you're on a website and you see all those buttons, like you want to want to explore, but if you go to a site and there's nothing but a free sign up button and like everything on that is the reason why you should sign up, you're probably going to sign up. And then even more with this campaigns, because you're targeting people that are looking for alternatives, right? right? Or are looking for something that the other company doesn't have that you may have. And that's just like a no brainer not to sign up, especially if you get in a premium for it. Um, so it works like you're going to get signups for like, I mean like dollars, right? Like not even like, not even like, you know, $10 maybe. Uh, so it works really, really well. What are some of your biggest accomplishments within GIST? The Mark Growth acquisition was a tough one um, because just buying another, say you buy another website, independently hosted website, uh, it's pretty easy. You can just hire either a developer for you know a few hundred bucks to transfer everything over overnight and it's all, it's all there. Uh, with Mark Growth, um, I don't know if you've ever used Medium. They, they have very, very poor analytics in mm -hmm. terms of looking at which even I organizing actually, the post. I have never looked at that. I have a couple of posts on there, but I never, I never go look at the analytics on that stuff. It, you can't organize by top posts. Uh, you can't see what's driving traffic. You can't see the keyword. You can see the, the Google traffic, but you can't see which keywords. So I actually had to use Ahrefs uh, quite a bit in that process to find the top content. And then um, the way um, our Cloudflare was set up and everything, we could only transfer 100 of the, of the URLs. There were 3,000. Uh, so parsing through all that data and trying to find the best uh, 100 post with the highest traffic, most relevant keywords and the best link profiles was, uh, that was a, that was a pretty big, it took, uh, and then optimizing that content once it got to your site, contacting all of the authors. Uh, so, and then, you know, seeing the results from it, the fruit from that was, you know, 10 X traffic virtually right. overnight. So that's awesome. That's super sweet. Um, Josh, what are some of the companies that you look up to? as far as like, and uh, let, let's keep it specifically to SaaS companies, right? Since that's what we're essentially talking about, like, and yeah, just any SaaS company that you look up to that you think like, wow, like they're definitely, you know, like killing it, um, et cetera. Yeah. From the um, product marketing angle, uh, I like, I, I've been looking into Trello. Uh, they have a product marketer there who's really kind of on it. And as a relatively new product marketer, it's been, you know, I've been listening to podcasts, reading, you know, every content piece of content I can. So I, I really think they're uh, really good at meshing that sort of uh, get a user, but then also have them adopt the product and reach success. Awesome. Um, so I, yeah, I really enjoy how Trello does that. Sweet. Are there any books that you, that you, that have helped you, you know, become the product marketer that you are? 
Uh, you know, I like um, Rework. I know that was out like a long time ago, um, but I actually just recent. Hmm? It's a good one though. Yeah, it's really good. It kind of, uh, it's a punch to the head, you know, like you, you, you're, you go to school and you think of these things and you're like, okay, that's the way things are. And then rework comes along and it just like, it's, it smacks you around and then you're like, oh, well, no, it doesn't have to be that way. So but I like rework. I'm reading one like that right now. Uh, it's not necessarily focused on SaaS companies, but how to be a capitalist without any capital by Nathan Latka. It was like that. I'm only on the first chapters right now and and it's definitely like you know it makes you like oh like that definitely makes sense and why would anyone tell you anything differently um but yeah it's, I love it's books great. like that yeah it's good I'm like I'm I just want to go read it to be honest <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like the first time you know you read four hour work week you never get that experience again but you're looking for the next book that gives that to you exactly and uh now we're just wrapping things up here Josh what is you know one advice that you would give maybe and let's keep it as, as relevant as possible so to any product marketer out there like what's one thing that they should definitely do like if you if you could give yourself advice you know like i don't know three years ago or something like that what would it be figure out your workflow um switching from content marketing to product marketing is i mean content marketing is hard you know you live in the inbox you know you have you know in and out and, and things like that and you have to research what content would be the best you have to write that content and then you have to promote it so it's hard but product marketing is a little bit of that and a little bit of maybe you know a dozen other things um and it can be really hard um, to, you know, you got to do video content. You've got to call your, your current users. You've got to, you know, get the most out of everything that you have coming into you and then figure out a way to help your support team and the dev team, uh, come together to make it a better experience for the users. And there's a lot. So, um, I've experimented a lot with, um, task management systems and, uh, you know, reminders and, and, and everything else. So, so, giving a good amount of thought, like taking the time to figure out what your workflow is like, how much time you spend doing each task, and then, you know, sticking with something that works for you is going to really improve your success overall. Cool. That's sweet advice. And last question, do you have any questions for me, Josh? Hmm. Not, not that I can think of. I don't know if you have a, I'm sorry. I don't, uh, I don't. You're good. Um, cool. Well, Thank you so much, Josh, for being on here. It was a pleasure having you. Uh, I think there's a lot of very valuable information in this podcast that a lot of people are going to be able to run with, uh, you know, like start implementing. I saw you writing some notes down, so I'd love to hear like how that goes eventually. Um, but um, yeah, thank you so much for being on here. And uh, if you haven't already, make sure that you join the Facebook group, subscribe to the YouTube channel, follow us on whatever, you know, streaming platform you're listening to. And uh, thank you so much for watching. Thank you. Thank you. thank you, Josh. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.